Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And as we approach 2 o'clock Central Time in the afternoon, we have two finals in the Cubs pipeline on a full Cubs pipeline day. Very full because the Tennessee Smokies are back. The Tennessee Smokies are back, and from what it sounds like, there are a handful of call-ups from South Bend to Tennessee to make the squad full. And along with that, perhaps, potentially, maybe, there are some call-ups from South Bend to from Myrtle Beach to South Bend to have them have a full roster. Um, Anderson Espinoza is on the Myrtle Beach, is on the Tennessee roster now. Burl Caraway is now on the Tennessee roster. Um, DJ Hers has been called up to South Bend. We'll just have to see. We'll do, yeah, yeah, I'm, um, I'm not going to roster invade. What I will do is check all of the rosters tonight and see if anything looks kind of funny, kind of screwy. And don't forget to check the DSL games tonight because DSL games occasionally debut players as well. But we're going to start with the DSL Red. Uh, <laughs> have you ever had a good news, bad news day? <laughs> Got some good news and some bad news. I'm going to start with the... Uh, DSL Blue. Christian Hernandez, one for five, two runs. Is that a good game? One for five, two runs? Mm, I don't know. Um, Dilan Granadillo, a name that doesn't pop into the review very often. One for one, two RBIs. Left shortly thereafter. Don't know what the story was on that. Frank Hernandez, one for three. Uh, run scored two RBIs. Lizardo Ruiz, one for two. Run two walks. Heading into the ninth, the Rays affiliate led nine to six. So I was kind of on pins and needles. How is this game going to conclude? How is this going game going to end? And it took a while because the Tampa offense shredded in the ninth inning absolutely shredded and Oliver Roquet who is a best I can figure it a leverage reliever was summoned into the game because the other guys just weren't getting outs Oliver Roquet two-thirds of an inning no runs allowed that should get him that that should probably get his number retired for Cubs red um Game ended up like 15 to 6. Very, very, very one sided. DSL Red playing against the Phillies. This game went 11, and normally 11 inning games are close. This game ended up less close than it could have been. Oh, geez, I don't have the tweet with me. Um, pitcher for the Phillies came in to start the 11th inning. Here is how his day went. How, how's your day been going? How's your day been going? Oh, I hope your day has been going well. If your day hasn't been going well, here is how the 11th inning went for the pitcher who started the 11th inning 
for the Phillies DSL affiliate. Hit by pitch, hit by pitch, walk, walk, double, walk, hooked. That's going to ruin an ERA. That's going to completely ruin an ERA. No matter what happens the rest of the year, that is going to ruin an ERA. Um, Pedro Ramirez was the hitter who was hit to lead off the 11th inning, and he was replaced by a pinch runner. And before you, oh, oh, what was the injury? How, how long is he going to be? I, I, really, I have no idea. There is no way in hell anybody's going to tell me what's going on with Pedro Ramirez. I am the last person in the universe that will hear anything about whatever happened with Pedro Ramirez. I don't. Hopefully he's in the lineup tomorrow. Hell, I'll hope that I'd be happy if he's back in the lineup by Tuesday. Uh, I, I, don't like seeing injuries. I don't like seeing injuries with no awareness of what's going on. Hit by pitch. Batter leaves the game. That's all you know. That's all you know. Really, that's all you know. Um, Pedro Ramirez, three for five. Run scored. RBI. Had a triple. And, in case you didn't hear, yeah, hit by pitch and was lifted. Um... Christian Murray, one for four, two RBIs, walk, run, scored. Gayuri Lubo, three for six, two runs scored with a double. Andrews Cruz, three for five, run scored, RBI with a double. Samuel Duarte, one for two, run scored, RBI with a walk. And Starlin Mateo, one for six, RBI, uh, run scored, three RBIs. His was the three-run double late, 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 late in the game. Starting pitcher for Cubs Red, Carlos Garcia, three innings pitch, two hits, a walk, an earned run, two walks, three strikeouts, ERA 2.52, not bad, don't know, he should probably be in the U.S. next cycle. Zoran Imbriano. I think he closed the game up. Two innings pitched, one hit, one walk, one strikeout, 2.25 ERA. No, he didn't finish the game up. Jose M. Lopez finished the game up. Three innings pitched, one unearned run, five strikeouts. Not bad, not bad. I didn't write down his ERA. Um, Really not familiar with him at all. I haven't seen his name come through very much. Um... Really nice to see Pedro Ramirez go three for five. He is absolutely off his skull as far as playing well. Hopefully he is okay after the hit by pitch. And um, yeah, like I say, hopefully today's Thursday. Get him in the lineup by Saturday. I'd be completely good. Let him have tomorrow off either or. Uh, um, Hopefully he can be back in the lineup by Saturday. Full slate of Cubs Pipeline games tonight. It's basically take your pick. It's basically take your pick. Um, Bailey Horn is starting for South Bend. That's probably where I'm going to start because I'm not familiar enough with Bailey Horn. I'm glad he's getting to start. I don't know how many innings he has in him. Uh, Hopefully he can get in four. Manuel Espinosa is starting for Myrtle Beach. Um, 
probably my lowest priority game. I say that, but then if the offense starts kicking in, who knows? I might jump over there. Iowa's starting Ryan Kellogg, who pitched who pitched quite well. I'm sorry for yawning so much. I start doing a podcast and I start to yawn or cough, either or. Hmm, don't know. Um, Ryan Kellogg pitched really well in his last start for Iowa. I really don't think he's a prospect anymore. But then a lot of people said that about Frank Schwindel. Um, Tennessee plays tonight. I have no idea who they're starting. If Caleb Killian is alive and erect and able to go, I would imagine he would pitch either Thursday or Friday because there's no reason to give him a whole lot more time off. He's already had plenty of time off. Um, Anderson Espinosa would make sense. I don't, um, he might need to be, he might need to be Friday or Saturday. Uh, I, and I don't, I, I haven't really bothered to check who's on the COVID list. I'm not, I, I, I'm not into the morbid angle of things like that. Um, though when I see Pedro Ramirez hit by pitch and lifted for a pinch runner, I assume that he's probably got something severely wrong with him because I'm really good at assuming inappropriate stuff like that. I'm going to touch on something that I had. I I had had a hard time turning it into a podcast that was succinct. I've seen a number of people floating that Cubs spending in the 2021-2022 offseason and the 2022-2023 offseason will somehow be linked as if possibly... Jed Hoyer is going to sign certain free agents to three or four year deals because they're available and this is the only time he can get them, etc., 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 etc. That could happen. I'm leaning against that. What I think Jed Hoyer will do this cycle is wait and wait and wait and wait and then wait a little more because. I really think there's going to be a work stoppage, possibly a lockout as soon as December. And if there's going to be a lockout, there's really no reason to sign players to long-term deals. Um, What I saw, what what I sensed, whether it was accurate or not, sometimes I walk around with a grocery cart full of stuff that I don't need. You know, sometimes I'm gathering information that's totally inaccurate, but what I sense from pitchers in 2019 to 2020 to 2021 is that with a work stoppage, pitchers have gotten hurt a little bit more than they had been hurt before. I don't know if that's accurate or not. That is my sense as of right now. That's what I think happened. So, the entire premise of the Cubs need pitchers, so Jed Hoyer is going to sign a couple of pitchers to three or four year deals this offseason in expectation of them filling out the rotation for the next couple of years. I don't see that happening. A lot of people do. I don't. We'll see who's right. But I think Jed Hoyer, whether it's hitters, whether it's pitchers, he might be willing to spend. 
he might be willing to spend up to uh, Tom Ricketts' spending limit, whatever that is. We're never going to get told. He might be willing to spend up to that limit. But I think it will principally be players who can probably be dealt at the July or whenever the deadline is, whenever the deadline is in 2022. Might be might be end of July, might be end of August, who knows when it'll be. But um, my hunch is 2022 is going to be a beast all unto itself for two reasons. One, the potential work stoppage, nobody having any idea how much teams are going to be allowed to spend without penalties kicking in. So I think there's going to be a lot of hesitancy on a lot of teams, a lot of teams telling a player, yes, we're interested in you, we're very interested in you, but really we can't sign you until we see what the numbers are. Until we see what the penalty limits are, we can't sign you. Um, Yankees will be in that situation. Dodgers might be in that situation. A whole bunch of teams could be in that situation. And since the primo free agents aren't necessarily coming off the board and the second second line of free agents aren't necessarily coming off the board. The guys who the Cubs are going to be looking at are the third line of free agents anyway. You won't know who's the third line of free agents until the, until the first line and second line have disappeared. So I really don't think there's going to be a whole lot of linkage as far as the 22 uh, free agent signings by the Cubs and players on the Cubs roster in 2023. The other part of the I doubt there will be any linkage is a large part of the next batch of Cubs major free agent signings. The next batch of Cubs major free agent signings. Think back a while. Think back a while. Think back a while. Think back to 2014, 2015, 2016. The Cubs call up. Javier Baez. Okay, this guy looks like he might be able to play. Cubs call up um, Addison Russell. Okay, this guy looks like he might be able to play. Cubs call up Chris Bryant. Cubs have um, Anthony Rizzo doing well. Cubs call up Wilson Contreras. At a certain point, once the younger, more cost-controlled players start to take their spots on the field. You know, you put this guy in this spot, this guy in this spot, this guy in either this spot or this spot, and you just you bounce the players around. At some point, the Cubs looked at their roster and said, right field, problem. Right field, problem. So they went out and signed Jason Hayward to be their right fielder. They also signed... Um, Ben Zobrist, who could play a number of different positions. But a decent chunk of deciding where you're going to spend your um, free agent dollars is knowing which spots are presently vacant. Which spots are presently vacant. As of right now, the Cubs have a, a number of spots that are vacant. But as 2022 plays out, Brennan Davis may lay claim to one of those spots. Chase Strumpf may lay claim to one of those spots. Alexander Canario may lay claim to one of those spots. Other players in the pipeline may develop to the point where this person may lay claim to one of those spots. If the Cubs 
slow play free agency in 22. Not that they're not going to spend anything. They will spend. They will get quality players because they will have quality players because they want to be able to at least represent contending. And then if they're not contending, if they're not really close right around the deadline, then they trade players away like they did this time and get players back in return. The goal for 2022 and into 2023 is to assess internally which spots look to be internally filled. For instance, a number of people will probably assume Brennan Davis will lay claim to a starting spot, probably either center field or right field, either or. Now you toss in Alexander Canario, possibly laying claim to either left field or right field, possibly, maybe, depending upon how he does. Then you continue to watch. Uh, Johindrik Piango, is he going to lay claim to a spot? He's in South Bend now. Perhaps a Pete Crow Armstrong will lay claim to a spot. Perhaps Ed Howard's hitting continues on. Perhaps Kevin Made's hitting continues on. Perhaps other players start to lay claim to spots. Then as you start to assess the players both in Chicago as well as in the upper minors, you start to do the projection thing. This guy might fill that spot. This guy might fill that spot. How confident should the team be in regards to Caleb Killian? How confident should the team be in regards to Anderson Espinoza? How confident should the team be in regards to Alexander Vizcaino? As players develop, as people advance, how confident should the team be in Miguel Amaya or in Braylon Marquez? Not all are going to represent that they will be major league starters. Not all are going to guarantee or represent that they are going to be major league regulars on the constant 26-man roster. But the more players that do fill in, this player looks like he might fit at third base. This guy might be a shortstop. This guy could be the catcher. This guy could be in left field. As you start to get more confidence, heck, you might even say at some point, I'm confident enough with Frank Schwindel that he might be a designated hitter option for on into 2024. Greg Dykeman could start to develop to the point that you're confident enough with him as a left-handed hitting right fielder, etc., etc., etc. You don't know who is going to continue to develop, you don't know who is going to slow down in their development. People who are wanting three or four year deals now because the Cubs have money. The Cubs do have money. And Jad will have money that he will be allowed to spend. But that doesn't necessarily mean a three or four or five year deal makes sense when it is unclear which current or soon-to-be current Chicago Cubs players are going to answer to the role 
in a cost-controlled fashion because there's absolutely no sense in, let's say, the Cubs spend a rather heaping amount of money, heaping amount of money on either a right fielder or a center fielder on a three- or four-year deal this offseason. Three- or four-year deal this offseason. Cubs fans say, yay, 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 Jed's trying to win. I understand that. I get that. But if a bunch of that player's value is tied up in his ability to play defense in right field and or center field, either or. So you have this guy who he's getting, I don't know, what, what do you want to give him, 15 a year, 15 million a year? And most of it is because he is good enough defensively to play right field or center field. That's why he's getting paid. Then in 2022, at some point, Brennan Davis comes up and says, center field is mine. Then in late 2022 or early 2023 or whenever the heck it would end up being, Alexander Canario shows up and says, right field is mine. You have two guys who are making league minimum. Two guys making league minimum. And you have another guy who's getting paid a whole heap of money because he can play defensively in center field or right field. And you already have two guys who can play center field or right field. There is zero point long-term for Jed Hoyer. And remember, for Jed Hoyer, long-term is what matters. Long-term is what matters. Short-term, incidental. Short-term, completely incidental. Otherwise, he doesn't trade nine guys in July. He doesn't trade nine guys in July if 2022 is a huge concern. He doesn't make that, he doesn't make those trades. Twenty twenty three, as you start to look ahead to twenty twenty three, which is really the year that things ought to start to crystallize. Twenty twenty two, more questions will be answered. Twenty twenty two, more questions will be answered. How good will Patrick Wisdom be? Is he a guy that the Cubs can leave at third base as a league minimum guy for a couple more years? That's a question. We don't have an answer to that. Frank Schwindel, is he a guy that the Cubs can leave at first base or at DH for the longer term as long as he's a league minimum guy? We don't know the answer to that question yet. Rafael Ortega, can he be a fifth outfielder? Will Ian Happ deserve to be picked up for his 2023 arbitration season. We certainly don't know the answer to that yet. Certainly don't know the answer to that yet. Way not enough information for that yet. In 2021, the important questions to answer are, does this guy belong on the 40-man roster? 2022 is going to be you ever play the game Fruit Basket Upset? Did you ever play the game Fruit Basket Upset as I close this out? Fruit Basket Upset was a fun game in one of those church youth group kind of uh, setups. Um, 
everyone would sit around in chairs in a circle. There'd be one person in the middle and everyone would be a fruit, an apple, an orange, a tangerine, whatever. And ideally, the person who is in the middle wants one of the people's chairs so that he can sit down for the next round. So uh, let's say he knows that one of the people in the group is an apple. So he walks over to that person, right, you know, like right in front of them and says, apples and cherries. And everybody who's either an apple or a cherry has to get up out of their seat and run to find a different seat. So since this person said apples or cherries, the person who is an apple gets out of his seat and the person takes a seat. And everybody, you know, goes for the available seats and one person is left standing. And then, okay, bananas. All the people who are bananas get up and run around, etc., etc., etc. But then at some point, somebody says, fruit basket upset. Everybody gets up and runs around. Most free agent off-seasons are bananas and apples. Pineapples and grapes. You know, you have some people moving and you have some other people moving and you can but when it's fruit basket upset, it's you, you have no idea what's going to happen. You just it, it, everybody's up, everybody's running around every with the free agency this off-season, with the off-season this off-season, with the pending lockout or strike we're not going to know what's going to happen. It's, and it's not even going to be so much fruit basket upset that there's going to be a whole bunch of activity going on. It's going to be nobody's moving. There's going to be a complete lack of news. Oh my goodness, Ken Rosenthal came out with an article saying that Major League Baseball offered the Players Association another offer that they're going to shoot down summarily, automatically, without even having a vote. That's what the offseason might be. It's not going to be as per usual. And if Jed Hoyer is going to wait until the first tier of free agents clear, and then wait until the second tier of free agents clear, and then make a good offer to the best available third tier free agent on a one-year deal, which is what I expect. Might be a pitcher. Might be a couple, three pitchers. Might be an outfielder. Might be, I don't know what it'll be, but... Jed Hoyer will make offers. He will sign free agents in the offseason. And the Cubs will have a couple of decisions to make as far as who to non-tender at some point on down the line. But realistically, this offseason, the offseason 2021-2022, is going to be about playing out the 22 season. It's not about setting up the future. Setting up the future is how will Pete Crow Armstrong do next year? How will Alexander Vizcaino do? How will Kevin Alcantara do? How will Owen Casey do? Where, where's Reggie Preciado going to play? The cool thing about 22... 2022 will be much of the Cubs activity will be in the minor leagues and the minor leagues should be going on the entire time. 
minor leagues should be going on the entire time. Pay attention to the minor leagues if you want to know what's going on with the, the future major league club because the players that are doing well in the minor leagues are the ones that you're going to want to mind in the major leagues in the future. If you're concerned about what is going to happen in 2022 as far as free agent spending, I recommend you grab a Snickers. No, seriously, grab grab big old Snickers bar. Once the season's done, assess the 40-man roster. Should this guy stay? Should this guy go? And then grab then unwrap your Snickers bar and start eating because there's not there's not going to be a whole lot going on necessarily. And it's going to be kind of like 2020 was, the 2020 preseason. Um, but I don't see any linkage between the 2022 spending and the 2023 spending. There's not going to be any linkage. The Cubs will have a better idea of what they're going to do in 2023 in July or August or September or October of 2022 than they do now. Because they really don't know. How good is Frank Schwindel? How good is Patrick Wisdom? How good is Justin Steele? Until the Cubs have these questions answered, there's really no sense in going out and spending a five or six year deal on a pitcher who probably doesn't want to come to the Cubs anyway. Because frankly, if you're going to be a pitcher who wants to go to a team that um, on a three, four-year deal, you're going to want to go to a team that looks like they're successful. You're going to want to go to one of those teams that right now has an over 500 record. Yeah, I won't go to this team because they're good. This team looks like they might compete. Now, the Mets, who knows what they're going to do. But um, I really, the Cubs will probably chill. The Cubs will probably chill in 2022 in the offseason. And of all the teams that, you know, when people say, oh, that team completely won the offseason, the Padres won the last offseason, they're not going to make the playoffs probably. I really think Jed Hoyer is going to relax and chill in 2022. Let the first row of free agents go away. Let the second row of free agents go away. Then pay completely valid offers for the third tier. Because then he can compete. And then if they if the Cubs don't compete, he can trade in July. Or near the deadline, whenever that would be. But there's no reason to link and say the Cubs will spend in 2023... $150 million, which is what they will also spend in 2022. We don't know what it'll be. And linking it, kind of silly. Kind of silly. And yes, I probably talked a bit too much about the concept, but it was something that enough people are talking about and I wanted to take a few. And at the end of talking about a DSL Red split, Pedro Ramirez leaving the game after getting hit in the 11th inning with a pitch. And Bailey Horn. Bailey Horn, yeah, I, I think I have to start with South Bend tonight. What, about three and a half hours until games resume? Something like that. 
Um, have a wonderful Thursday. I hope you have a fantastic weekend as well. And feel free to enjoy a Cubs minor league game tonight.